Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. Dwayne Wimmer, the owner and founder of Vertex Fitness Personal Training Studio located in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, joins us today. Uh, funny story. So not that's not that funny. I'm not a comedian. But uh, as chance would have it, this is kind of one of those one of those phone conversations that when we first jumped on the line last week that I knew I should have pressed record within about three minutes of us starting to chat. But um, so... One of our one of our mutual friends kind of posted something online on Facebook about, hey, is there a good place in this certain area of the country to uh, to strength train? Um, and Dwayne kind of reached out to me after I commented on it, and then we found out that we had a lot more uh, people and friends and and just belief systems that in, in common than uh, originally originally noticed and we thought so. I'm like, we got to get this guy on the podcast. We have to talk some shop because the conversation we had was was too good to not share with everybody else. So, Dwayne, I, I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to talk and to share your story. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. So, day after Christmas, today, we're both kind of, I guess, a little suffering from um, uh, a little cold-ish. So, we have that in common. But Something else we have in common is well before before we before we jump into it, I want to let you get started uh, and and share your story. But we really um, I wanted to address like the the nature and the context of this conversation because both of us got really passionate on the phone about uh, the personal training industry being professional and what that means to be a professional. And Dwayne, you have other conversations recorded that I will link to in the podcast. Um, directly related to strength training, um, high intensity, some focus, your spin on high intensity, uh, and how you help people uh, of a certain generation, the 50s entering their 60s and, and, and beyond, and how they get the most out of uh, strength training and the benefits of that. So I'll link to that. But I think a big topic today would, would be to cover uh, the professionalism side of the industry. But before we do that, uh, share us a little bit about your background, your story, and, and how uh, Vertex Fitness came to be? Well, I guess it has to go back to high school first because, you know, most of us who are in this, um, in this type of training right now, we got our start typically in high school, either because we wanted to look better or for sport. So, um, I started strength training when I was in high school for, for football, um, ended up going to college, played some football through college and, during this time, you know, this was the early 80s, you know, uh, I went to college in, in the Midwest and the biggest uh, powerhouse in football back then was Nebraska. So we did exactly what Nebraska did as far as strength training goes. You know, we did uh, what they call the bigger, faster, stronger routine. So it was mostly deadlifts, squats, bench press, filled in with some other things, but everything fo- focused around those activities. And, um, Power cleans were in there as well. Um, I, like every other kid who's 18 to 22 years old, you get great results as soon as you start, you know, lifting a weight. So I thought this was the greatest thing that ever happened, you know, this type of training. Uh, Got out of college, started working at a health club. But at the health club, they had a full, it's a full Nautilus uh, facility. And they facilitated the Nautilus diet. And within the Nautilus diet, there was one-on-one training. And I, being the new kid on the block, got put in training all the new kid, uh, all the people in the, um, in the diet. Really started liking the idea of the one-on-one aspect of it. But more so, I was really intrigued with the whole uh, high-intensity training uh, protocol. It was very different than what I had done. Um, all machines, no free weights. And 
I was seeing people getting good results. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm teaching this. I have to learn it. So I started training myself and amazingly I got better results than I had ever gotten before in a short, shorter period of time, spending less time training. So I became a student of this. I went to seminars. The first seminar I went to was Matt Brisky's seminar when he was, uh, when he was a strength coach at Princeton. He's still there um, and still you know does a lot of things with the, the community. But um, back then he was putting on seminars uh, at least yearly and uh, started researching high-intensity training, Nautilus, the company, how it became, and just became a student of this type of training. Started my own personal training business within a health club, moved around a little bit, ended up being a strength coach at Villanova for a little while. Uh, Villanova trained all their all their athletes the same way. You know, obviously it's a slightly different setting. You're doing small groups, but um, still the same 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 principles of training. Um, that brought me to this area, and uh, on the side from the strength coach, I was doing personal training. Built a business to a point where I couldn't do both, so left the strength training. Um, aspect of, of this and opened my own business, uh, own facility in 2001, which is uh, Vertex Fitness, and that's where I am now. So the, the primary uh, mode of exercise at Vertex, I'm assuming, is high-intensity style, or are there other kind of uh, modalities and, and uh, practices used? Uh, we do... I, I have people warm up for about five minutes on a bike. That's mainly just to clear their head and get them ready to, yep. to work out. Um, it also gives me a buffer in case I'm running over with a client or, or whatever. Um, but then we do, uh, I schedule 30 minute sessions. Um, and I tell everybody we'll be done within 30 minutes and we work the whole body. So it's a high intensity training, uh, philosophy and, uh, you know, we have multiple workouts that we will take people through a progression and understanding of, of how to, how to apply, you know, the resistance to the body. And, and, uh, over time they, they get multiple workouts that work through them, but, um, basically it's all high intensity training. Strength training is all we do. So, and you have other trainers there, correct? Yes. Okay. So when they, when most of these trainers come to you, uh, this is just, you know, off my, for my own knowledge, when they come in, are they already practicing high intensity training or is that something that you, maybe you're, um, training them on and educating them on and then they kind of grasp a hold of that? Well, 90, I would say 90% of the people who come in the door is, have never heard of this. Right. So I'm, I'm teaching them and, and even the ones who have, you know, our approach to it is slightly different than, um, others, and when I say different, I'd say there's a little bit more attention to the detail of the contraction of the muscle against the resistance rather than just moving the weight. Um, there can be a lot of non-productive effort in, in your, in your work if you're not very focused on, you know, on how you're, you're going about applying the, the force against the resistance. So, you know, we're very detailed in that. So, uh, even if you have some background in high intensity training, we definitely want you to get on the same page as far as the details of things, um, when you work with the clients. Very nice. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. So one of the things that I really wanted to focus on, because I felt I felt both of us had quite a bit of passion about professionalism in the industry, and I know that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, but one thing that you and I, I think both agreed on was that this thing of personal training can be so much more than what someone who is not in the industry or maybe someone who's just getting into the industry can become. So. I feel like I feel like when you talk about your your career and your job as a personal trainer, some people a lot of people don't understand what what it means. They think I think a lot of people think of it as a um, like a group exercise instructor, you know, almost like Zumba, like you're exercising mm -hmm. with that individual. And so you get it, you break it down a bit. No, that's not it. This is you know, it's think about um, 
you know, you're searching out a professional to help you with something very specific. That's kind of how I like to bring it up when people ask me, you know, what exactly do you do? What does it mean to be a trainer? And so I'd like to get your take when somebody asks you, you know, what do you do? How do you explain that to, to someone? Um, first of all, I explained to him that we focus on strength training. We're going to make your body stronger because the strength of the muscles is the base of all movement. So then we do a systematic, we take a systematic approach to the whole body. And then we, we tell them that we're not just weight caddies and rep counters. We're actually going to teach you on every exercise, on every rep, on every set, on every every um, session you're with us. So you should not be doing the same thing next time that you're doing this time or next week as you're doing this week. We're always looking for some type of progression. Now, that doesn't always mean lifting more weights. Right. What that means is better form, more effort, um, better understanding of, of what we're doing and why we're doing it. So you're always trying to get them to, to have a deeper knowledge of what we're doing so they can apply that to the workout. So our job, yes, we're going to set up the weights and we're going to, you know, count how many reps you're doing. But, um, our biggest job is to be a teacher, uh, and keep you progressing, uh, and understanding what we're doing. You know, I get so many clients, they just feel like, you know, once they're there, they're there. But, you know, I'm trying to trying to get them to continue to learn and grow with the understanding of what we're doing so that you don't get stagnant in your your gains or even in your knowledge of what we're doing. And you, you said a couple of different things that led to uh, something that brings ed- the word education to, oh, to yeah. my mind. So you're educating the people that you're working with um, on not only the, the benefits of strength training, because I'm sure that, that goes into every single appointment, but you're educating them on how this is a lifelong process and, and how, um, not only how, but why you do things a certain way. And I, yeah. and I think both <clears throat> of us can agree that like the education side of thing is really what I think is what can separate a professional from someone who is just, uh, for lack of a better term, like a flash in a pan, you know, just kind of like uh, in it to, to maybe um, not necessarily advance their own career, advance the people that they're working with, their progression, but just get in, get out, and move on. Yeah, I, I mean, education, there's a, there, you, you can look at it from many different aspects. We're here to educate our clients. Um, we're here to educate ourselves and to also educate potential clients. So, you know, I mean that, that word education, I think is, is the, the foundation of what this job or this career or profession is, you know, uh, we are, we are teachers of exercise where we should be, we should be the, the, the experts, you know, we shouldn't be out there, you know, just if if you're, if you're getting your knowledge off of YouTube, you're probably not the professional. You're not educated. You might be educating yourself on what's out there, but that's probably not the, um, not the sound way of doing things. You know, um, there's so many, so many, uh, good exercise scientists out there putting out great information. That's where we should be getting our, our information and then relaying that on to our customers and our clients. Right. And by using like, like all those, all those experts that you, that you're talking about, they definitely utilize, you know, social media and YouTube and things like that. They upload content. But what mm-hmm. you're talking, what you're talking about specifically is if you are, a, if you consider yourself a professional, don't simply go online, find somebody's workout and then test it on your own client. Like that's not Correct. the way, that's not the way to educate yourself. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's part of the education process because you know, you, you, you don't know what's good or what's, what works until you try different things. Um, but your, your, your client shouldn't be the guinea pigs, you know, right. Right. uh, you should, you should know, um, you should have a sound knowledge and sound base for why you're doing what you're doing with your clients. It shouldn't be the latest and greatest, uh, thing you found on, you know, social media. 
Yeah. You know, I, I overheard someone in the gym today ask one of the trainers, you know, so how often do you go to seminars and how often do you go to, you know, continuing education credits? And uh, the trainer is like, I, I, I rarely ever do. And the guy's like, well, why not? And he's like, well, you have to think the science takes so long uh, to come forth and the body changes very little that the exercises and things that we do, and this is someone who is, is uh, I respect greatly in terms of uh, uh, training and ethics and their, their knowledge base. And he's like, the, the, there, there isn't going to be a new exercise that is going to change the way we train. And he basically means like, until, you know, if you have the same client say like, well, how come we're doing the lat pull down again? Until mm-hmm. you show me that the lat can operate in a different motion or a different way, this is how we're going to, to trade it. Now, the repetitions might change, the weight's going to vary, the tempo might vary, those kind of things. But, um, you know, you can go out and, and obviously get a, a TRX certification or something like that, but how far is that going to advance your uh, your clients if you don't have like a, a good solid system behind you? Right. I mean, that's just another tool in the tool belt. Exactly. But, you know, how many hammers do you need to build a house? Right. You know? <laughs> Uh, really, I mean, people forget what we're doing. You know, we're simply applying a stimulus for the body to change. And we, our industry has gotten so caught up into the marketing of things and the, just the making money comes before the, the, the productive exercise or the, the, you know, the science behind what you're doing, you know, most of what people are doing is just entertainment because if you entertain somebody for the time you're with them, they're going to come back, right? You know, for, they'll do that for a period of time until they, they realize, you know, I'm really not getting any results from this, you know, unless the result for them is the entertainment. So if the result for them really is you know, the benefits of exercise, you know, overloading the body. So it has a reason to change. So you become a healthier organism. So, you know, what we're trying to, what we really have to do is, is look at it. What are, what are, what is our job? What are we doing? And the way I, I look at it is let's go back to the real simplest form of what we're doing. We're providing an artificial stimulus to create uh, something in our bodies that our bodies don't need on a regular basis because our our bodies will constantly adapt to the stimulus we're putting on it. And our bodies don't get stimulated very much in our everyday activities. So we need to put that artificial stimulus on it so it has a reason to be something we don't need. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, 100% makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to me completely, yeah. So... If we know that that is what we're really trying to do, let's look at what kind of stimulus do we need to put on our bodies to make that change. Do we need to dance around for an hour? Do we need to, you know, do 99% of what's out there in our industry? No. And does our do does do those things that most people do? Do they actually create the stimulus that that we need? Well, not really. No. They don't really create much stimulus at all. It just get you moving, which isn't bad in and of itself, but then don't call it exercise. Right. You know, and I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with anything that anybody does in our industry, except the fact that they call things exercise that aren't exercise, call them what they are and and sell them for what they are. Zumba is an entertainment class that's going to get you moving. It's not going to create much change in your body. That's fine. Sell it for that. Yeah. Yeah, but you're misleading. Yeah. You're misleading the population to say this. What we are, what we're giving you, is going to create this type of change, when it is impossible for it to do so. Right, especially when we know that you know long term, what people really need is to maintain uh, lean muscle mass. And like you said, if something like Zumba or whatever they're doing is getting them up and moving, is if you're looking at it, in one hand, you're looking at like. Um, you know, cardiovascular disease or Zumba, then by all means go do Zumba. But when it comes exactly. down to it, 
after you've burned all the calories that you're going to burn and you've shed the weight because you're you're now moving your body a little more than you've used to used to do when it comes down to it um, are you cre- increasing lean muscle mass that's going to you know we get to lift off all the benefits of of that but um, are, are you doing something productive for your long your long term because when it comes down to it when you do strength training you're going to be a better zumba dancer that's for damn sure exactly <laughs> well you know Definitely. But also you have to look at these, the classes. I mean, there's a lot of skill involved in them, the the timing and things. Once you get that down, it becomes less and less exercise and more and more dance. You know, the first time you take Zumba, I guarantee you, you're a little sore. You're a little bit, you know, you, you've done a little bit more work than you will three weeks into it because you now know the routine and you're anticipating the next move. You're not fighting against your own body. And now you're just moving around freely because you know, you know, the, 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 the routine. Um, that's fine. And, and I don't, like I said, I don't have anything against it. It's just at some point, everything becomes less and less exercise unless you provide uh, a progressive overload to it. You know, even strength training, if you do the same weight, the same reps, the same, you know, tempo every time you do it, eventually it just becomes work. Yeah. And it's not, no longer is it exercise, it's just work, which again, I'm not saying it's bad for you. It's just not the overload that's creating a, the, the change in your body that, that we're, that we're supposed to be in, in you know, that's what they're hiring us for. We're supposed to be giving them this exercise so that they get better, stronger, healthier. Exactly. To, to do the things like uh, what, what I would consider activity, things mm-hmm. like what, what most people do now, you know, cl- cleaning their house, gardening. Right now it's, you know, shoveling snow, those kind of things. It The exercise makes the activity better. The activity is not the exercise. Like when people come in and say to me, Oh man, I got all my cardio in today. I went outside and I shoveled snow. I'm like, I understand what you're saying to me, but he, your adaptive response is not as demanding as what we're about to do. Exactly. So, but I, th- I think we're we're and I, I love I could talk shop all day. And we, <laughs> I we, we did it before. We, we, I know. Digress. We could, <laughs> I know we could keep going and going, but what I really wanted to to get from you is your thoughts on uh, fitness professionalism. Because both of us had a lot to say about it, and a lot, a lot of pros, a lot of cons about the industry. But uh, so, well, let's just, let's just throw it out there. What what to you in the industry um, is happening right now that you're seeing like maybe um, more professionalism or less professionalism, and what does it mean to be a professional in this industry, and why do people need to make sure the person that they are working with, in terms of a, a fitness professional, what defines that term? professional um well there's a couple things you're asking there first of all what am i seeing in the industry what i'm seeing is the industry first of all is easy to get into anybody can be uh, a personal trainer own a business uh fitness business there's plenty of franchises out there that give you turnkey you know instructions on how to how to run their business um to be, uh, are they professionals? I would say most of them are are marketing um, companies that are using exercise or fitness to make money. Um, I wouldn't. Su- I would suggest that most of these companies are not professionals in the industry, in my mind, because they really don't understand why they're doing what they're doing, other than the fact that they're providing a place for people to come to, to pay them money to be there. Um, are they getting results at best in most places? They're not getting hurt. So, um, that's where I think the industry is right now with most, most companies, most companies are owned by people who have no idea what exercise is and, all their, their own, they own, it's another place, another revenue stream for them in their, in their business mind. So what does it take to be a professional? It takes, you know, I would, I would liken our industry to the medic medical industry. We should not be able to just take a weekend course and then be able to be put in front of, front of, uh, 
the general population and give them information that we believe will help them. Because would you go to an orthopedic surgeon to get your knee replaced if, you know, if they just took a weekend course on it? I mean, we, we have the ability to change people's lives for the, you know, change, change their lives for the rest of their lives, positively or negatively. You know, there's a lot of things that we, that I've seen, uh, people do that is potentially dangerous and they're, they're allowed to do that because they have this weekend certification. You know, if, if we have, if we truly have, um, uh, you know, a professional, if this is a professional organ, um, a profession, if this is a profession, we should have people doing what we do that have credentials other than a weekend certification or a couple CEUs a year or whatever. They should be, they should study this. They should actually know what they're doing rather than just mimicking what other people are doing. So to be a professional, you have to spend some time and, and hone your craft. You know, this is, this is easy money for a lot of people because the general population is very ignorant on, on this topic. And if, it, if they seen it on an infomercial or saw the, the, you know, the latest YouTube video on something and they liked it, they're going to go seek it out. But, you know, a true professional is going to do like you just said, you know, they're going to, they're going to give people the information to lead them in a direction that that gives them the benefits that they're looking for rather than just doing what they think they like. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and what you've brought up is something you and I also discussed about um, because I, in no way, shape, or form am I saying I'm, um, you know, as, uh, or, or we as an industry are exactly the same as like a metal, medical professional. But... I think in terms of how we can help people, uh, especially stay away from, you know, our quote unquote health care or sick care system, um, th- there's a lot of different avenues. And for people to, to, to look at a fitness industry or a fitness professional and they say, okay, what am I looking for? Am I, if I compare it to like a, a hospital, do, am I going to walk into a doctor's office and see someone who's unkept? Um, unorganized, scatterbrained, you know, they've, they're offering discounts to get people in the door. Um, you know, they've got maybe a trial surgery or something, all of these things that we, uh, we're hearing now about the fitness industry, you know, uh, join for $9.99 a month, zero down, discount classes, discount rates tr- for trainers, all these things, um, they're not stacked up in our favor. It's making us even harder to to tell people why we're important, why we should be a mainstay in in their health and wellness lifestyle and program, and uh, and like you said, I, I don't want to go to a doctor that's that's taken not like an online course for something, uh, and then they're going to try it out on me. But I also don't want to walk into a place that clearly isn't making money, and and to to sustain their quote unquote business, they have to offer all these discounts just to get people in the door. And it's a revolving door because you, you can smell like when people are just about the money from a mile away. And, uh, I feel like one of the biggest things is when you, when you see a fitness professional offering, um, discounts after discounts after discounts for maybe a product that, that isn't as reliable or trustworthy as a place that, is um, is holding themselves to a higher standard and offering and, and asking for a rate that is at that higher standard. And I know I'm talking a lot about money here, but when it comes down to it, if you're looking to get into the fitness industry, um, you, you don't want to go broke. You know, I, I want to be able to provide for my family. And um, I think we need to take responsibility for that in a way and and ask ourselves, are we doing what's not only best for our customers, but what's best for us? If we're offering a superior product, then why aren't we being compensated that way? Because if we are, then the people that we're helping are going to get those best results. And it kind of goes in 360 uh, turnaround. 
I, I wholeheartedly agree. You know, uh, when I first started doing this, um, I, I had no idea about business or anything. And, uh, you know, I started training people, training friends on my off time at work at, you know, I was, uh, I was a fitness director and I was allowed to train people before and after my shifts. So I would do that and I would just, you know, I'd ask them for 10, 20 bucks, you know, for the workout. And I'm now charging, um, you know, upwards of $90 a session, um, for basically, you know, obviously I have 30 years of experience, but for a similar experience, because I know it's worth it. You know, if I can get you the results that you're looking for in a shorter period of time and, uh, uh, you know, less frequency, I should, and keep you safe. I deserve that, that level of uh, compensation. Especially in a market where there are so many who aren't doing that. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, go ahead. You have to, you have to differentiate yourself in, and that, you know, we do, we offer a complimentary session, but, I, and I call it a complimentary session rather than a free trial because it has value then. Um, free has never has value. So that's something a take home. Right. Don't ever call anything free. Right. Um, unless you're totally, t- you know, unless it's a, a gift, but, um, you know, complimentary session, um, it, it's, I tell people it's like a test drive. I don't want you to buy something until you understand it. And it gives me an opportunity then to get people in my door and differentiate myself from what they think I might be or what they know of from others. Right. So that is the beginning of the education process. And, you know, most of the time is spent sitting down and explaining what we do and how we do it, why we do it and what to, you know, to expect from the sessions. And then I take them through a handful of, of exercises so they can see how we apply it. Now, obviously that first workout I have no idea what they're capable of doing, so I'm erring on the side of caution with the resistance. Sure. But I'm actually, I'm actually trying to explain to them how we're going to, you know, focus on the contraction of the muscle and, and moving against resistance rather than lifting weights, which is totally different than what they think we're going to be doing. And I think, um, I think, I mean, all of that is is exactly. I mean, I mean, how, how someone should be approached and how, um, uh, when someone comes into an appointment, it's exactly what it should be set up. Like, I think is in the idea of like something free, there really is no value behind it. And admission five, uh, and every trainer is a little bit different, but we basically, we call them complimentary appointments also. And there are, we, we, depending on the person, uh, two complimentary appointments, usually 60 minutes. And that first one, I usually just tell people right up front, like, look, this is so I can get to know where you're standing in terms of strength, endurance, um, the whole nine yards in terms of the work outside. But also, I want to make sure we're a good fit. And right. I think another thing that in terms of the professional side is this idea that a trainer should be everything to everyone. We should know every single type of exercise technique. We should know Olympic lifts. We should know um, you know, high-intensity training. We should be kettlebell experts, TRX experts, resistance bands experts, all these things. So no matter who walks in our door, we can just help them. And I, I'm starting to, not starting, I, I've been really opposed to that idea of thinking because for, for two main reasons. Number one, I like to go to a professional that is very specified. Obviously, there's general practitioners who will then refer you to someplace. That's why mm-hmm. if somebody comes to me and they say, I have a very specific injury or something I'm dealing with, I can refer them to another professional. So I do the same thing as an, another, like a medical professional would do. And number two, I don't, I don't necessarily want to be everything to everyone. I don't want to work with every single type of person. I don't, I, I think every most tools have their place. Not every, but most tools have their place. Do I use kettlebells? Yes. Uh, do I use battle ropes? Occasionally. Do I use resist- resistance bands? Yes. Cables, machines, everything. Now, I want someone to come in with the understanding that here's what I do. I do very basic applied strength training following certain principles to get end result. And if they're not on board with that, that's okay. And I don't have to work with them and they don't have to work with me. 
Um, so I'd, I'd like to break that stereotype that a trainer should just be everything to everyone. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm to- I totally agree. You know, <clears throat> one of the, I, I read an article about six months ago and it said, uh, it's along the same lines, but it's, it says that basically that personal trainers shouldn't be in the weight loss business. Well, first of all, exercise doesn't spend a lot of energy, so it's not really a great tool for weight loss. And second of all, you're, that's not your expertise. You know, if that is your expertise, get into a, be a dietitian. Right. You know, don't be a personal trainer, you know, because you to lose weight, you have to change your diet. In most cases, it has more to do with it than any type of exercise you're going to do. So when it comes to being a professional, it's to know your limitations and to work within your scope. Um, you know, I, I tell people, I, I am, I work on strength training. I help your body get stronger. Um, and we take a systematic approach to your whole body so that you can then take your, take what we, we are the results we get and apply it to whatever you want to do with your body, whether it's go for a run, play a sport or just exist in life. You're going to have a stronger, healthier body just by doing the strength training. And we don't, I don't get into diet. I refer to dietitians for that. I don't get into other modalities of exercise because, I mean, we do what we do and we do it really well. And to your point is if you're, you know, if you try to be all to all, you're nothing to anyone, right. you know, because you're not an expert in anything. You're, it's, uh, it's like a all in the, all in one printer, you know? Yeah. You can do a little bit of everything, but you don't do anything well. Yeah. So, you know, find, find your niche, find what you really enjoy, become an expert at it. And, and when I say an expert, you're never, you're never there. There is somewhere, right. somewhere else. So always strive to get there, but realize you're never going to get there and keep learning, keep growing Keep trying to, you know, hone your craft, get better and better at what you're doing. And then the the biggest picture is, you know, once you understand the information you want to, to give to your clients, you have to figure out how to do that. And that's the biggest part. I think, you know, there, I've seen so many people who have a lot of knowledge, but they have no, no understanding of how to relay that knowledge to the client. If, if you can't get the client to do what you want them to do or need them to do, your knowledge is worthless. Yeah, that's very true. And that's, that's kind of the, I mean, well, what you, I mean, the, my, my brain's going in a thousand directions because you said a lot, of good, a, lot, a lot of good stuff <laughs> there. But, um, so I, to, to, to go back to the, um, you know, the, the, the term about being uh, everything to everyone, you won't be anything to anyone. I think a lot of people get into this this rut where they're they're afraid that if they don't just accept every single person that comes to them, uh, that they won't be successful. Whatever that word success looks like to them, and right. they won't they won't make money, so they won't be able to continue to do that. Um, and maybe in certain situations that might be true. If you're if you are just like a solo practitioner and you're at 15 different locations because you're trying to make ends meet. I almost understand that. I, I get it. Maybe because of the place that you're working in. But if you're at an established place like Vertex or if you're at like Mission 5 Fitness where I train, um, you know, you're you're expected to – you're held to a higher standard by your employer or your – or even though I'm self-employed, I'm, I'm held to a higher standard by the owner and those who are around me. And I think that goes a long way. So if you're getting into this, in this industry – and you want to set that precedence of being professional, look at who you're surrounded by because that goes, that goes just as long way as uh, any credential that you could possibly pick up. Definitely. Uh, you know, in, in, I, I don't worry so much about, you know, what you were saying about, you don't have to work with everyone. Everyone is, everyone's coming to you for your knowledge. Right. And that's an opportunity for you. If the, if you actually have the chance to sit down with somebody and to to uh, show them what you're what you're about, what you do, and and how you do it. It's it's your opportunity to sell them on what you do. Yeah, you're you're not there to 
mold to them. You're there to give them their, the information to solve a problem. Yep. It's, it's, it's a sales appointment. You know, you're not there to exercise someone. You're, you're there, there to sell them on your information, your expertise to get them the results they're looking for. Now, they may not even know what the results are. They have an idea, but they, you know, it's clouded with other information. You know, I think one of the best things any personal trainer or anybody in the fitness industry could do is learn how to sell. If you know how to sell, you don't have to be all to all. Then you can hone your 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 um your craft and do and be specific yep. because you can take what you have and sell it to the person in front of you because you know it so well and you know how to to relate it, that information to that person in front of you. And then they'll want to work with you even though it may not be what they originally came in for. Yeah. You know, I, you know, people want to come in here and they say, well, I want to, I want to do kettlebells. Well, you want to, do you want to do kettlebells or do you want to get the results you think are associated with kettlebells? Right. You know, it's <laughs> a good way to put it, you know, and, and really, I mean, they don't, they don't know the difference between kettlebells, dumbbells and, and machines. You know, all they know is their friend told them they got these results doing this. Well, how about if we say, well, do you want to get these results or do you want to do this? Well, the results are really what they're looking for. They came in thinking they wanted to do kettlebells, but they really are coming in because they wanted to do, they wanted the results that the, uh, they associate with that. Well, how about if I show you that we can get those results at doing the things that we're doing here and in the long run, it's actually a safer modality and you're going to get... Uh, you know, you won't have to spend as much time, you know, and, and then now you got people thinking about, well, maybe, maybe it isn't kettlebells I want because it is really the results that they're looking for. So you, you have to, if you just, it, it, you, this goes back to your, your question about being a professional. Most, most trainers are order takers. So someone comes in and they say, I want to do this, this, and this. And you as a trainer, give them this, this, and this. Well, you just took an order and fulfilled it. Okay. You didn't, you didn't, you're not really a professional. And even though you may know those things really well, but is this, this, and this exactly what that person needs? Well, your job now should be to take the information they're giving you and then formulate a plan to get them the results they're looking for, not just do what they want you to do. Right. Exactly. And that I think is the, is a big problem in our industry because the general population doesn't have a clue about exercise, but we're allowing them to dictate what we do with them. Huh. That's a really good way to put it. You know, the, the thing that popped out in my mind is when you said, um, I think another thing that most people are afraid of in the industry is sales. This, this, idea of sales. And the first thing that pops into my head as soon as you said that was, um, well, first of all, it made me think of how I approach my own clients. And it's with a lot of information. I give them I give them a lot of information in those two first complimentary appointments so they can understand what they're going to get themselves into and what to expect um, in a workout. And I can kind of touch on ex client expectations because I think that's also a very big issue that needs to be addressed. But um, it makes me think. It made me think of the word sales in terms of being "quote unquote" salesy, or kind mm -hmm. of like car salesman e. And I don't. And I don't think it doesn't have to be that way in our industry, because I mean, it's when someone's sitting down in front of you, you know, wanting to give you their money, you should have materials presented to give them so they can understand. And it doesn't need to be presented in a and a, hey, thanks for sitting down with me today. <laughs> you sign right. this piece of paper. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be the educational process. You know, thanks for coming into Vertex or, you know, thanks for coming to see me today. I know you took a lot of time out of your, your day. Here's what we're going to discuss today. Here is, and I like to give people the, the 12 reasons every adult should strength exercise by Dr. Wayne Westcott. Mm -hmm. I give them that right up front. I'm like, here's what I do. Here's why I believe this works. Here's why I believe it's the best. And here is some research stating exactly why. And then we're going to go on. And for the next following weeks, up to like a month is when I end up putting them on my um, mailing list. 
I give them more information about what they're doing, about why they're feeling sore, about why it's important to get more rest on the outside of, of uh, the gym, why maybe running a little bit lower on uh, calories sometimes is okay. What you know, what it means to, um, you know, not eat so much sugar or get more sleep. Whatever, whatever is going to get them thinking about the, even having more benefits of what they're doing inside the gym. That's what, that's what my quote unquote sales routine, that's what, that's what it's about. It's not about getting their money and then being like, okay, close that deal on to the next one. You know, that's right. That, that needs to change in the industry also. And, and the professional standard sounds like it's, um, it needs, uh, needs to be adjusted. Well, I, if you look at who the best salespeople are in the world, they're the ones who are educators. Yeah. You know, um, you know, your all of your teachers through school were salespeople. They were giving you information and leading you to a point that they wanted you to get to. You know, that's that's what sales is. You're get you're you're getting people to change their mind about something. You know, if you're just taking someone's order, you're not. That's not really being a professional. Yeah, there are going to be those that understand it well enough to where you don't have to spend a lot of time you know, changing their mind. But I guarantee you, if you're really good at what you do here, you're constantly trying to get people to change their approach to something. So you're selling them on every rep, on every set, on every workout. Because if you're not, eventually they see no value in you anymore. If they're in front of you today, that's because you sold them last time or the time before. And your, your job is to keep them progressing, keep them understanding the value of you so that they keep using you. You know, if you no longer have any value, they're going to stop, stop paying you. Right. And that's where I think it's a constant education. You have to constantly, constantly be educating them on something, somewhere, somehow. And if you're not, you no longer have any value. Yeah. The word value is, is so important to me. And I, uh, that the class that I told you I, I was teaching, uh, I'm taking a little bit of time off from now, mm-hmm. but the, uh, personal training for, uh, business for personal trainers course, I talk a lot about value because I think it goes beyond what happens in the gym. And I think that obviously is what you and I are talking about, but, um, but knowing your information inside and giving the inf- inside the gym during the workout and then giving more information when, uh, when applicable on the outside, that goes a long way. And it doesn't mean that you have to be like a hawk and text people every single day, send motivational quotes or anything like that. But there's a lot of different ways to add value. But then when somebody comes in, I, I think this is the coolest thing. When somebody comes in, they actually say like, Hey, you know, I, I drank, you know, eight glasses of water yesterday. When I was, when I first started, I, I was only drinking four. And you realize like, literally no pun intended but like drip by drip you were kind of feeding them information and they made those decisions on their own that gives you value because otherwise where where else would they have gotten that from or all of a sudden they start using that technology that you know so many of us are wearing on our wrists to like track their sleep and they come in they show you like their sleep app and they say hey i got three three nights last week i got over seven hours of sleep before that i was only getting five hours of sleep a night you know things like that um, learning how to learning where you can apply value in your client's life without you even being there most of the time goes such a long way. Yeah, I mean that's our job. Our job is to make a positive, you know, impact on people's lives so that they they live a healthier, uh, you know, longer, healthier life. Yeah, don't you think that once that starts happening, I mean, I I might be going off on a different a different road here, but. Oh man, how do I say this? So I want, I want to be able to say like personal training is the workout I think is almost the easiest part of our quote unquote, I mean, you saying that a lot of our job. Um, cause when they come to us, like I already know, here's exactly what they, what they're going to do, barring any kind of injury or anything like that. But it's, it's getting them to, to follow through with everything else that goes in for them to see the benefits. And then it's, then it's like the scheduling, making sure they're coming back again. Then it's the billing. Then it's all that other stuff that kind of gets cleaned up on, on the end. Because when it comes to professionalism in the industry, 
like, like the way you dress matters, the way you present yourself matters. Obviously, knowing your craft matters, but being on time with billing, making sure you're scheduling correctly, all those other things sometimes get overlooked when it comes to professionalism, I think. Oh, uh, definitely. I mean, you, you, all those things add up to the value of the session. And that's what, you know, what I said before, you have, there's a certain value that you, that a person sees in their session or in, in you and all those things add up to the value that they see in you. If you're always late, you've just lost some value. Right. If you're, if you always have to change the schedule, you know, they're scheduled at Tuesday and Saturdays at these times. And every time they, you know, every Monday you're calling to change Tuesday's appointment, you're losing value. So, you know, that, and the value of what we do comes back down to the professionalism. How are we presenting ourselves? What is, what, what knowledge do we have? What, you know, like you said, you wouldn't go to a doctor who was seemed disheveled all the time, you know, uh, you know, that they look, they just lost value to you. You know, if you're not willing to, um, if you wouldn't be willing to pay for your own service, you're probably not providing the service that someone else wants to pay for. If you wouldn't stick around more than a few sessions, why? Or if yeah. you have clients right now who aren't sticking around for a very long time and you're wondering, is it me? It probably is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the way that you're, maybe it's the way that you're scheduling. Maybe it's the way, maybe it's, maybe it's the, the overall product. You could be, you could know every single, um, you know, cited article there possibly is. But if you're not running your business professionally, the entire thing, it, it doesn't matter. And I think professionalism... You're not going to be successful. You won't be successful. And I think professionalism professionalism encompasses a lot of different things. Well, and, and we could talk all day about this, but how do you know you're the best at anything? Uh, well, you know, yeah. What, you're, you're comparing yourself to what? Right. You know, you're not the best. Right. You know, you, you yeah. might be better than the guy down the street, but how do you even know that? Yeah. You know, it's in your mind. It's not, you know, what do you have, what tools do you have to measure that? So you, you have to just put forth the, the most effort you can in the different things you have, uh, the, the, the capability of changing and, you know, continue getting better and better at them. You know, yeah. it's not hard to be on time. It's not hard to keep, keep a you know, consistent schedule. But when you start losing those types of things, people are going to look at you as less than professional or less than they would otherwise. You're absolutely right. Here, here's something. This is um, it just popped into my head. But a question: What is the greatest compliment you could possibly get from a client? And I, I, I have my own answer. I would, I'm just interested to, to hear what you have to say. The greatest compliment. Yeah, not, not even. It doesn't even have to be like. Hey, thanks for the six pack abs. <laughs> yeah. What is something that like your client could either do or say that would be like above and beyond um, as a professional? I I think the 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 thing that I think is the the thing that is out that is uh, what's the word I'm, that stands out more than others is when they refer people to me. Yes. When they, when they're willing to tell their friends and say, Hey, you know, whatever you're doing, I think you should try this. That, that's, that to me is the best compliment I could, I could get from anyone. I'm going to take it one step further because I completely agree. I think the best compliment, and I, I just received it this week that I could possibly get from a client is when they refer their child Oh, yeah. When their child, when they bring in their child, it could be a grown adult, and in fact, that's what it was. And I've had other clients in the past that, that you know, hey, say, hey, can you help my uh, my child? You know, 13, 14, 15 years old with strength training. I'm like, absolutely, because that that is like, I mean, I I only have a two month old, but I I know that I wouldn't bring her to less than someone who I would bring myself to. Okay, so, here's a scenario you know, that just happened here. I actually, this was my last client I trained before this, before this conversation. 
uh, a husband and wife trained with me for about a year, year and a half. Uh, for one reason or another, jobs and stuff, they stopped training with me. Two weeks ago, I get a call. Can you train my son? Now, they're no longer training with me. Yeah. They're calling me to train their son, That's which awesome. now is hopefully hopefully will lead to getting them back in here. But now I'm training the child, and they're not even part of this at this point. That shows you exactly <laughs> what you just said. They believe enough in this, right. what I'm doing, to bring their child in. They just may not. For one reason or another, they're not seeing the value of it at this point because of other things that get in the priority. It's sort of a priority it thing is, at that yeah. point. You know, the, this, this, what they were doing, um, doesn't have the, the priority that it once did or, or that hopefully we can get it back to again. That's yeah, that's exactly right. And, uh, I'll throw out another example and this is just, we're not, but I mean, I think you know this, we're not one up in each other, but this is just kind of oh, like, no, this is, no. this, this is, we're this building is, on it. Yeah, this is just a, a couple of professionals. We use that word a lot, but talking about the impact that running a um, a and I think I think would be like a a good business model. This is the impact that it has on people. A few years ago, I had um, started training a guy late forties, early fifties, former um, former military, and l- like you said. For one reason or another, had to stop training. Um, I think he was having like a daughter that was going to end up going like to school out of state. She's now in California. A lot of different things happening. So he kind of backed off and he had his wife, daughter, and son all training with me. And that, that I mean, the whole, that, that's a great, first of all, family dynamic. And then, you know, the daughter's getting ready to leave. So they weren't sure if they were going to end up moving to California. So a lot of things started happening. So I didn't see him for a while. Still kept in touch. And about three, four months ago, the son comes back and he had graduated college and he's like, Eric, I want to start training with you again. And that to me, because now he's like not relying on, on dad to pay the bill. Right. Instead, he's like, I'm taking my money and I'm going to invest it in myself and I'm going to invest it with you. And, uh, which was outstanding. And then his sister comes to town and trained with me Monday and I guess was so sore that she couldn't make today's appointment. But... <laughs> But anyway, I, I think, um, uh, yeah, that the whole that just popped in my head for some reason because I think that when you start getting referrals, which is I think with you would completely agree is the the backbone and uh, of any of any successful business are referrals that uh, that makes an impact long term, big time. Definitely, I mean that that's that's your steady stream, you know, of clients. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's, it brings to mind the, uh, in class, everybody wanted to know what social media platform do I need to be on to, to be successful with bringing in clients to, to make the most money. And I'm like, guys, I gotta tell you, I'm on social media, but I haven't pulled a single person from social media. Like being on Google, I think is very important because people need to find you and having reviews Mm -hmm. on there is important, but man, face to face and don't be afraid to ask someone who is like a poster child for you? Don't be afraid to ask them for reviews. I think we, I think we should, hopefully, as a business owner, they would understand. Like, hey, I'm, you know, I, I like working with you. Do you have any people who are like you that would also like results that you've gotten? Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking about that. I know that's probably a whole other topic, but if you have any kind of insight into that. Well, most people aren't gonna. Uh, the, most people aren't going to give you a review or a referral until you ask for it. Right. Um. N- not because they don't want to. They. That's just not in their in their thought process. So, you bring it to you bring it to uh, the top of mind when you ask. You know, if you if, if like you said, do you have anybody who's like you who'd like to get the results you're getting? You know, and when you do that, then people are going to start thinking about it. But most people are, you know, they come in for their time and they're thinking about their workout and they're not thinking about their friends. And and it's not like you said, it's it's part of being a professional is to keep people coming through your door, new clients coming in and referrals and and uh, getting new clients from your clients is 
should be one of the best ways of getting getting those clients. Yep, absolutely. Well, Dwayne, I know I said I had a hard stop at three, but it's after three o'clock now. <laughs> I, I knew it, I knew it was going to go that route. And I know we could talk a lot later, um, and I would like to have you back on to talk maybe a little bit more exercise programming. Yeah. Um, that, so that would be great. But I really wanted to get your your thoughts and share your ideas on professionalism and how to how to boost credibility in the personal training industry. And I think we did just that. So. Uh, if you, if anybody wanted to reach out, had any questions, comments, concerns, where's the best place to find you? Uh, well, I'm all over social media. So if you just put my name in there, you can find me. But, uh, um, my email address is Dwayne at vertexfit.com and that's spelled D W A Y N E and vertex fit is V E R T E X F I T.com. Or um, they can call me right here at the studio at 610-525-6604. 6604. And I'll have all that linked in the show notes. And Dwayne, thanks mm -hmm. so much. I really appreciate it. Um, have a very happy new year if I don't talk to you. Um, other than that, we'll, uh, we'll talk very soon, hopefully. I look forward to it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com.